0: Well, as those of you who have been listening the last couple of broadcasts know, we've been talking about the question of how to handle trouble God's way. And we've been saying that uh, Paul, who certainly had his share of trouble, if anyone ever did, a man who was floating around in the deep for a couple of days, who was stoned at Lystra, who was thrown into prison time and again, who was beaten, who was thrown out of church buildings and who was hounded all all around the Mediterranean world, that Paul was able to face trouble with joy, to be able to face it with peace, and to be able to triumph over trouble. Now, one of the reasons for that, as we said in our last couple of broadcasts, was that Paul was able to see behind the trouble that God was at work in that trouble. And it was not just the world against Paul and that was all there was to trouble, or that it was some inevitable problem that he was going to have to face and maybe God would give him a little strength to face it, but that something far bigger was at stake, that behind the scenes, behind what is going on here on the stage of this world's life, that there are other forces at work, cosmic forces, as God plans his work, and works his plan, as God is working even in the very life of Paul himself to bring about real changes in the world situation. So Paul looked beyond the trouble to see the hand of God in it. And as he looked, he says, I want you to know, brethren, we're reading from Philippians 1.12, that my circumstances, all these troubles that he had, have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. And so the first thing we saw was that when you see God's hand behind trouble and you recognize that this is the very presence of God at work in your life, you can begin to get excited about trouble. You can begin to look for something really wonderful that's happening. Trouble comes in order to stir things up. Trouble does stir things up. Things are never the same when trouble comes into one's life. But the stirring is not only the hand of the evil one at work in order to stir things up, in order to muck the situation up, but there's a general stirring beyond that of God in the situation. God is at work. Sovereign over it all, he's working his purposes. And Paul says, even though the evil that I see around me is working against me and against the gospel, God is overruling all of that. And God, as the sovereign God whose hand is at work, is really bringing all this about for the furtherance of the gospel. And that's why he could rejoice even when he was in prison. That's why he could sing when his back was beaten in Philippi. That's why now he can write these words to the uh, church at that city. And the first thing he noticed, you remember, as he commented upon the furtherance of the gospel, was that he had an opportunity that he could have never had any other way. The opportunity to preach the gospel to those crack troops, the Praetorian guard, that were Caesar's personal bodyguard. And not only to them, but to others there at the palace. And he says, as a result of his ability to preach to them, As one after another came to him and one was converted here and one was converted there and there were beginning to be saints in Caesar's household, he says that the whole household, the entire community there at Rome of the emperor of the world had become acquainted with the gospel. He says, my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known through the whole Praetorian garden to everyone else. Now, there was a second thing that Paul saw in this trouble, a second way in which the gospel was being propagated as a result of his difficulties. He goes on in verse 14 to mention this, and this is a most important fact for us to keep in mind. He says, not only was this affording him an opportunity to preach the gospel, but the gospel was progressing because, he says, most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. He says, now, you see, when I'm around and I have been recognized to be a, an effective apostle of Christ, God has blessed me. It's not because of anything I've done worthwhile, but, be, but because in his mercy he chose me and he blessed me and did good things for me and he struck me down on that Damascus road and made me a great apostle to the Gentiles. It was all of his mercy, all of his grace. I'm not boasting about anything I did. But because God has worked so effectively through me, Paul is saying, there were a lot of people who sat back and did nothing themselves. But now, he says, because of my imprisonment, there are others who not only because they see the way that God has enabled me to face this imprisonment, but who also realize that Now that I can't preach the gospel where I might have preached it otherwise, there are others who are coming to the fore, who are now taking courage and gaining courage and losing their fears that they might have had before about preaching. And these others have gone out to preach the gospel. He says, there are others who are working at this thing with me. I'm not doing it alone anymore. And you know, that's a most important point to keep in mind. When God lays you aside, perhaps on a bed of sickness, When perhaps he brings such problems into your life that your regular affairs in which you would normally be engaged have to be set aside so that you handle this other problem, this other difficulty that has arisen. And you can't go on doing the things that you'd like to do and that you wanted to do and that you think are are so important in the work of the Lord. Don't despair. God knows what he's doing. God's not shelving anybody uh, and thereby hindering his work. When he shelves somebody who is very active in the work of Christ and who has been a great blessing, many times this is in order to bring the gifts of others into play. Let's just take a simple question. Maybe you're sick for a while or maybe uh, some kind of uh, difficulty comes into your life that makes it impossible for you to play the piano at church anymore. Well, there may have been some person sitting back in the pews who has the gifts to do this, who have never would never have stepped forward, who would never have been able to serve the Lord if you hadn't uh, relinquished that work. And now those gifts that that other person has are being used, and he's being blessed, or she's being blessed, and others are being blessed through him. So you see, there are none of us who are indispensable, and we must remember that. And Paul knew that. And he says, "I'm really happy," he says, over the fact that I' have been shelved in certain areas because this has necessitated others coming in to fill the spots and to fill the gaps where I used to fill uh, that I used to fill, and so very often God brings trouble into our lives and concerns us with various affairs and takes us out of certain activities only to make room for others whom He has prepared." and who otherwise would have been in fear or who would have been sitting back letting George do the work for them. Uh, now they come forward, and now they begin to grow, and now they're strengthened, and now we have two people working for the Lord instead of one, or ten people working instead of one. So God has his ways, and we need to see that. But we will never see these things, remember, unless we are aware of the fact that when trouble comes, it has a purpose. And that's the thing we must keep in mind. You may not understand that purpose right away. You may not see how God is working or how his hand is at work right off the bat. But you can be sure it is. And thereby you may rejoice. And if you look hard enough, if you really look for the purpose of the trouble beyond the trouble itself, you may be able to rejoice even more in that you may be able to see how God, through this difficulty in your life, is bringing others into the limelight of the preaching of the gospel of Christ. Lord, help us to be willing to step into shadows and to let others step into the light and the blaze and the glory and also into the joy of serving Jesus Christ. Lord, when we have to move off the scene, make us rejoice as others move on. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.